We would like to welcome you to today's sermon delivered by Pastor Stuart Guthrie. We hope that it challenges, strengthens, and encourages your walk in the Lord. Well, the reality is, is every, I believe that every man and woman has a dream in life. All people aspire to accomplish something within their lives, and most of the time they desire to do these things prior to departing this earth. And so you come this morning, and you may be sitting here, and you say, well, you know, I, I do I have a lot of things that, that, I'm, that I'm dreaming about accomplishing. And there's a lot of people outside of the doors of the church that have dreams and and desires and passions, and some of those can be dreams for things that are, that are good and, and also things that are evil and displeasing to God. And God reminds us of this great truth. I don't want you to think that I'm just telling you my opinion, but we find here in Scripture, the proverb says, many are the plans of man's hearts. And so we all come this morning, the household of God, with plans, with desires, with dreams to accomplish. And if that is a true statement, which I believe it is, because I believe the Word of God is truth, then we all have plans and dreams and or desires. The question that we have to address, the question that we have to ask ourselves this morning is what is it that you dream? What is it that you aspire to? What is it that you are desiring to accomplish prior to departing this earth into an eternal, lasting life. And so out of curiosity, I decided to take some time and to look and address and find out what it was that those within the church community and outside the church community desired to accomplish before they died. And so in researching, I found out what it was that most people dreamed to accomplish. Some wanted to travel the world. They just wanted to, to get on a plane and go and travel all across the world. That was their dream. They wanted to learn a new language. Some wanted to run a marathon before they died. Some desired to climb to the top of a mountain peak. Many just simply wanted to make a difference in someone's life. There were many who aspired to starting their own business. They wanted to go on a, a big, special tr trip to go hunting somewhere in Africa or Switzerland. Or some desired to just simply help the poor. Some wanted to buy a home. They aspired to, to buying a home, to adopting a child. The reality is there's a lot of different things that people desire to do. And the reality is there's many different dreams. Matter of fact, as I was, as I was researching, they, they called this thing, Before I Die, I Want To. And, and they started this, this program where, where cities would begin to paste on this wall, line after line, Before I Die, I Want To. And it was just... People would come by with chalk and they'd write their dreams and their desires before they died. And this began to take place in every state in America and across the country. And it became this big deal where people were now signing what they wanted to accomplish before they died. And I can promise you that while all these things in themselves are not bad, there were plenty of things on that board that were dishonoring to God and not honoring to the Lord. 
The question is, with all of these dreams, with all of these desires, all these things we aspire to as, as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, why does it really matter? What does it matter that we desire or we want to accomplish? Well, I want you to know that desiring things were common with many men and women in Scripture. And so I'm reminded from God's Word about people like King David. As he said in Psalm 27.4, One thing that I have, I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate on His temple. David had desires. He had good desires, and would you not agree he had bad desires? As he desired Bathsheba, he dreamed of righteous things, and he dreamed of things in which were evil as well. We are told of the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 21 to 24, as he says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I am to live in the flesh... This will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose, but I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and to be with Christ, for that is very much better. Yet to remain on in the flesh is no more necessary for your sake. You see, the Apostle Paul had desires for things that were promising, things that were good, But he's also the same man that we find in Acts chapter 26 that says, I used to do everything I could to oppose the followers of Jesus of Nazareth. He had good desires and he had bad desires. Things for righteousness and things for evil. The list goes on and on as we begin to see in the foundation of Scripture men and women who had desires. They had dreams. They aspired to things in life. So I want to ask the question another way, are the things that we are dreaming of, those things that you and I are seeking to accomplish prior to departing earth, do they really matter in light of eternity? Because I want to know that dreaming and Desiring and striving, these things are simple. You see, we ask God for certain things. We, we desire for God to do certain things. We hope for the Lord to accomplish things within our lives. But those things are far less than that which God desires to accomplish through us. Yes, what you desire in doing well and doing good, I want you to understand this morning that God desires more. He desires greatness within the life of the Christian. And so if you will, let's turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 20 to 21. We won't cover all of these verses today. I know there's only two verses, but we're not going to get all two of them. We're just going to begin to look at the first part of verse 20. And so let us begin, if you will, Ephesians chapter 3, 20 to 21. There's slides for you if you didn't, don't have your Bible or encourage you to bring that, but 
They're there to help you if, if, you, if you need them. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 to 21 reads this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. We come to the end of a chapter. We, we are taking this portion of Scripture out of its context, so to speak. And so to set the context, we need to understand that this falls at the end of the chapter. And everything that previously falls is, is verse 19, 18, 17, 16. And here we find this, what we call a prayer or a doxology. In which she begins to just scream out and praise. Remember that verse that I spoke of in Proverbs that says man's plans or desires or dreams. In Proverbs 19.20, many are the plans of, in, the, in the mind of man. But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. You and I can plan. You and I can set goals. And I think that we should. But it's only those things that fall into the line, into the purpose, into the will of the Lord Jesus Christ that at the end of the day will stand in light of eternity. That will stand the test of fire. Now I'm not telling you that climbing that mountaintop will be the greatest thing in the world when you do it. I'm not saying that traveling the world will be the greatest experience of your life. But what I am saying is that when we follow the will of God in our life, whether that be climbing a mountain, building a business, being a family member, being a wife, a husband, a mother, whatever it is, a child, God desires to accomplish greatness through you. For His glory. For His glory. Let's look at that text. There are a few points that I want us to look at today that I think will help redirect our vision, our dreams, our desires, our purposes, our wants for a light of eternity. I want our purposes, our passions, our dreams, our desires to go far beyond that which we could ever have imagined to last beyond the now and into eternity. And I hope these points help us understand better how to do that. And so the first point that I want to look at today is that we must understand the who. Point number two is we must understand the how. We'll look at that next week. And we must understand the why. We'll look at that next week as well. When we think about those things that we wish to do prior to departing earth, we need to first understand who it is that will accomplish that which we are seeking to achieve. And so it's vital for us to grasp the fact that we must understand the who in success, the who in our vision, the who in our desires and our passions. Listen, maybe you're here this morning and you've come and it's been a difficult week. It's been a tough week, been going through some trials. Because I don't know about you, but 
I, I feel pretty certain that many times when we walk through the church door, we put a facade on because we don't want people to realize we got issues. We got problems, we got struggles, we got difficulties in our lives. And so we want to cover up and want to put some things with, listen, this, this sermon is for those this morning that have come here that have got difficulties going on in their life. They've, they're in struggles. They're, they're going through hard times. They don't understand what God's doing. They haven't heard from God. God's not talking like He's been talking in the past. Listen, the sermon is for you this morning. Because I want you to understand that God desires to do greatness in you and through you for His glory. You are created in the very image of God. Maybe you're here today and you just say, you know what, I, I want to be a better follower of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're, you're struggling with, with the covenant of marriage today. Maybe there's a child in your life that's, that's just out of control and, and it's not what you inspire to as a, as a man or woman of God and you don't know what to do with that child that is departed and is walking away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you've worked so hard in life to accomplish things and they ain't turning out the way you've planned. I want you to know this message is for you. This message is those who are hurting, going through troubles and problems and struggles in life. And it's for those that aren't. That everything in life is hunky-dory. And maybe we just need to be redirected a little bit of our purpose. I want you to hear how this passage starts out in Ephesians 3.20. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. I don't want you to raise your hands, but I want you to answer the question in your mind. Do you know God this way? Do you know a God that is able to do immeasurably more than you ask or ever could think? I want to have that kind of relationship with Jesus Christ that I can trust in a God that can do more than this feeble, sinful, forgiven man can do for the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that he says here, first, to Him. To Him who is able. It doesn't say to Stuart. You can't put your name. It says to him who is able. It precludes that you and I can't. Now I understand that most of the time we can accomplish things in life. And sometimes they're good things. But this verse speaks loud to all of us that are striving to be about the things that God desires us to be in which it's much like the impossible task. Matter of fact, Jesus Christ is the only one who has lived this perfect life. And aren't we so blessed to, to be viewed by God as holy and righteous and perfect because the righteousness of Jesus Christ? 
the hymn that we find here in this passage is speaking of God. That's pretty basic. We, I think we all understand that. But have you thought about that a little bit? This is the same God that created the universe. He is the same God that fashions the mountains that we see in these videos. He is the same God that fashioned and created the, the ocean. He's the same God who created you and me in His very image. And says He's designed you for a specific purpose. It's the power of God working in us and through us that is able to do. God uses men and women as vessels in which to accomplish His goals and His objectives to bring about glory to Himself. God doesn't share His glory with anyone. He doesn't share it with me. He doesn't share it with you. And as I, as I looked at all of the mass people that, that Billy Graham reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ, he didn't miss this. He understood that God did not share His glory with anyone. He understood that He could not save a, a soul or see a soul transformed in His own ability. And therefore, He hit His knees often relying on Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit to transform and to, to change lives from the inside out. God is in the business of receiving glory and honor. He receives glory through sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to take away the sins of the world. That's salvation. He receives glory through giving you and I the ability to live the victorious Christian's life by being faithful and being obedient to all that, that God has taught us in His Word. That's sanctification. And He receives glory for taking that which you desire and I desire, aligning it to the will of God, which He desires, while making it all the more greater than you and I could ever imagine, coming to the end of the line, that's glorification. God is able to do immeasurably more than we can. Why? Because He is the God of the universe who loves you and cares for you and desires to see you have success in all that aligns up with what He is trying to accomplish in you and through you for His glory. He is all-knowing, He's all-loving, and He desires to bring glory to Himself, and we are the tools in which He uses to do that. And so, you and I, as we come to the throne of grace this morning, we must understand the who in this passage. To Him who is able And I think if we all just sat back and admitted to ourselves a little bit, and I don't want to see a, a sign of hands, but if we would admit at some point in our lives we tried to do it on our own ability. We tried to accomplish the, the things of God in our own efforts. Why is that? Why is it that you and I consistently Try to do things in our own ability. We try to accomplish things before God's timing is ready. 
And so we step out and we, we maneuver and we manipulate and we, we cause the things of life to, to transpire in a fashion that it's not time yet in God's will. I think the reason is simple. You and I, we believe that we can better rely on ourselves than we can God. We, we think we're able to do it better than God. We might not come out and say that, but our actions show differently sometimes. Not, not me, Pastor. I, I trust in God. Let me ask you a question. If you've ever had children, you'll understand. If you have children, if you don't, you will soon understand that, that you don't know very much. And the parents are laughing because they get it already. You may not have children, but that's okay. You can still relate because at one time, you yourself was a child. And if you just rewind, some of us a lot more than others, rewind back to when we were children, we will be reminded that when we were a child, couldn't you always do it better than mom and daddy? I, I, can, I can remember when I was a kid, and my dad would say, son, this is whatever. And I'd say, no, 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 that's not true. That's not what so-and-so said. I believed the kid over my dad. Why? Because I thought I had it figured out. He was just a dumb old man that didn't know nothing. But yet, when I was driving down the street the other day, I saw the sign that says, the older I get, the smarter my daddy gets. You see, the older we get, we, the more we realize our parents know more than what we thought they did when they were kids, when we were kids. Listen, we're just born this way. We're born in what we call sin. Internal sin that says you can outdo God on your own. But this passage tells us different. This praise, this doxology, this, this prayer tells us differently and it really should excite us it should allow us to transform our our view of of what we in our own little world think we can do and realize that when we allow god to do it our 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 opportunities grow astronomically larger should excite us to know that all that we desire and to try for, God desires better. God desires more. But one of the problems is that our ministry, our jobs, our families, our possessions, our passions will never be that which God desires for it to be, unless we have faith in Him and in the power of the Holy Spirit. We can try to read the books, accomplish the things, the 31 steps to joy and success, or whatever the case may be, but the reality is it's until we get and fall upon our knees and rely on the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ and begin to understand that God desires for that which we desire that lines up with His will to be much more, immeasurably more than you and I could ever imagine or ask for.
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Listen, I don't want just some ministry. I don't want just some marriage or some fellowship or some evangelism or some outreach into the community. I want a ministry that's powerful and edifying to the body of Christ. I want a marriage that reflects the image of Jesus Christ in the church. I want fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ that that blow minds of people around us. I want to see people coming to Christ, not just sharing the gospel. I want to see it actually work when we open the word of God to a people who's lost in need of Jesus Christ. I want to see people that's impacting lives for Jesus Christ. Now, don't misunderstand me. I didn't say large numbers. I believe as your shepherd, my job is to help present you as mature to Christ whenever that day might come. Colossians 1.28 states, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I want a ministry that will allow the leaders of this church to help present you as mature in Christ. And, and, and I speak into the future when I say leaders because we don't have any leadership yet. But I believe that God is going to bring leadership. I believe He's going to put men of God into place that will help fashion and mature you and prepare you to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether you go here or He comes here, it really makes no difference. We're going to see Him. And therefore, we must understand our purpose. Our purpose at Grace Bible Church is global transformation in truth, in love, one life at a time. That's our desire. God hasn't yet given us 500 people to teach, to train and equip. He hasn't yet allowed us to worry about 200 people, 200 souls. But He's entrusted to us about 30 to 40 to invest into, to help mature and prepare to meet Christ. And I can promise you, if we're not faithful in that little bit, He'll never trust us with more. And I believe that what I'm seeing is a progression of better. Uh, We're seeing men grow closer to Christ. We're seeing the women grow closer to Christ. We're seeing the children grow closer to Christ. And I believe what's taking place in our church is godly transformation in the lives of its people. Not in astronomical numbers. If you want astronomical numbers, there's plenty of churches you can go to and just slide right in. Nobody ever has to know your name. You never have to be involved in anything. Nobody's ever going to call you out. Not about numbers. I'd rather be a mile deep and an inch wide than an inch deep and a mile wide. I don't want a thousand babies yet. I'd rather have 30 or 40 growing Christians who are faithful. And I can promise you, we can make an impact with the gospel of Jesus Christ right here in this community. And God will begin to fill these seats if we begin to be faithful in what He's entrusted to us.
in order for us to ever begin the process of growing closer, we must understand that it's God that can do the work in us. And I'm praying that God will give us the wisdom and the power through the Holy Spirit to help accomplish that. I'm praying that God will fix the problems you face. He will heal the sicknesses that you encounter. Once it grows you more into the image of God. A lot of times those things that we're going through, those struggles, those difficulties, God uses those to mold us and to make us. And those things can be very difficult in life, but we can't lay down. We can't just distrust that God is still sovereign over all of our lives. And understand that He desires to do immeasurably more than we could think, pray, ask, or even imagine. We must rely on the Lord because it's Him, God, the Creator of heaven, the Maker of man, the Lover of souls, the One for us, the King of glory, who is able to do immeasurably more than you and I could ever imagine. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 19? He says, Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son cannot or can do nothing of Himself unless it is something He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. Jesus Christ is our example. He's always been our example and will always be our example. And if Jesus Christ relied on God the Father, how much more are we to rely on God the Father as well? John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. Many times in our lives we've departed from the vine to accomplish what we feel is divine. And God says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You may accomplish jumping out of a plane, or traveling the country, Checking off tons of things off the bucket list. But listen, you and I can do nothing of eternal value separated from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because it is in Him, the who, that is able to do. Now to Him who is immeasurably able to do immeasurably more. That word there in the Greek, immeasurably, that's a big word. That's like being so big it's unable to measure. Think about all of the things that you desire to do for Christ. And then imagine that God wants to accomplish that in you and through you for His glory much more than you could ever imagine. I, I just want to see the, 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 the people growing for Jesus Christ and to see the household of God full of people who are thriving and growing. Listen, God wants that, but He wants much more than I could ever imagine. The question is, do I trust that? Do I rely on Him to accomplish that? And when it's not that way, when it's not perfect, when, when our marriages aren't perfect, when our children aren't perfect, when our workplace isn't perfect, when our finances are not perfect, do we just lay down or do we go, God, I'm going to trust in You the good that You want to accomplish. I once tried to use a tape measure that was like 10-foot tape measure to measure a 25-foot piece of board and it didn't work tape wasn't built for something like that 
This Greek word here gives the idea, listen, of surplus. It gives the idea of overflowing. And I poured some coffee in a coffee cup and it was, I was a little tired and just kept pouring it and it come, started overflowing out onto the table. I'm like, ah, come on, you're killing me. But then I realized that's what God wants to do in our life. He wants to bring us surplus for He can receive great and mighty glory. It's not able to be measured. It would be like asking, asking you if you'd like five bucks or five million bucks. Give me five million, please. I'll take it. I'm not saying I want five million bucks, but the point is, is it's, it's a large number. It's greater than my mind can really imagine as far as money goes. That is the who of this passage that we're talking about. The one that came and died that you might have life. And not only have life, but have life abundantly. That's extreme. Don't we want that kind of life? I mean, really, don't you want that kind of life? That kind of ministry, that kind of blessing, those kind of marriages, that kind of power to overcome sin, that kind of restoration... It starts with trusting God and realizing that you will fail. And that's okay. That God is able to do measurably more than you could ask or even think. And when you fail, the only thing we can do is repent, turn to God, and ask for forgiveness and claim 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And begin to rely on God that He can accomplish that which He desires in us and through us for His glory. It's not about building our own little kingdoms. It's about being faithful with with what God has given us. This is what I've realized. Are we willing to be faithful with what God has blessed us with? Some of you have been blessed with great riches. And some of you have been blessed with not so great of riches financially. That's okay. The question is, are you willing to be faithful with what He's blessed you with? Some of you have nice homes and some of you have apartments or trailers or whatever it is you're living in, campers. Are we able to be faithful in what He's blessed us with? And I believe that when we settle in and we say, okay, God, I'm going to take what you give me, and I'm going to utilize what you've blessed me with, and I'm going to trust that you can take that which you've called me to do and do immeasurably more than I could ever think or ask for. Because it's not about building kingdoms, but about being faithful with what He's given us within our wallets, our churches, our families. The Lord desires to do more than, listen, you've been praying for this morning. The Holy Spirit says intercedes on our behalf when we don't even know what to pray. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can imagine, ask according to His power that is a work within us. This passage assumes that you and I are praying and asking and preparing an imagination, building a plan, thinking about God things. 
understanding that we don't know what we really need, trusting that He does. Understanding He is the who that can do. 1 Kings 3.13 says, Moreover, I will give to you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among you as kings. My dear brothers and sisters, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the money, but the blessing of God. 1 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You see there, the, the word, key word is need. He will bless you with all that you need. Listen, as an American, we have been blessed because most of us, if we would be honest, though we might not have all the riches we desire, have all that we need. And we can increase in great works. Listen to what it says in the book of Deuteronomy. He says this. Now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, be careful to do all these all of His commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. We Americans need to listen. America needs to hear all that God wants to bless us with and do for us, for those that obey Him. And as a nation, we are falling way behind the threshold of God, pushing Him completely out of the way, expecting God to bless America. And we need to hear what He says. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in your city, and blessed shall you be in your country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body, and the produce of the ground, and of the offspring of your beast, and increase of your herd, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be the basket of your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you when you come in, and blessed shall be you when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you in one way and they will flee seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you and your barns. In all that you put your hand to, He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to Himself. As he swore to you, if the commandments of the Lord your God, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will be afraid of you. The Lord will make you abound in prosperity in your offspring of your body the offspring of your beast and the produce of the ground and the land and the Lord which he swore to your fathers to give to you. The Lord will open for you His good storehouse, the heavens, to give you rain in this land and the seasons to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations. But you shall not borrow. For the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you only will be above. And you will not be beneath. 
If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them carefully and do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today to the right or to the left and to go after other gods and serve them. Blessing. The whole first part of this passage is about the blessings of God's people. Now, I know this is a promise to His chosen people, but God, listen, He doesn't change. He desires to bless and not to curse. And if we keep reading in that chapter, He begins to say, okay, that's the blessing part, but if you don't, this is what the curse will be. He wishes to bless you with first off salvation in Jesus Christ. He then desires to bless you with sanctification, grow you more and more into the image of Christ. And then finally, he, he desires to bless you with glorification when we stand face to face to the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants you to know the who. The who of God is surplus. He wants to bless you abundantly more than you could imagine. But it comes with obedience, trust. It comes with faith, with all good things. God says all things are possible with God. Don't you want success in life? Don't you want victory over trials and temptations and troubles? Don't we desire that a church leave a legacy for the next generation of believers? It starts with knowing the who. And it's not the you or the me. It's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And He desires to abundantly bless with grace through His Son, Jesus Christ. Think on this. So we look at next week, the how. How do we accomplish that kind of life? How is it that God does this in our lives? For His glory and for His honor. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank You for Your love and for Your mercy.